When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This introducing is the Rich Eisen Show. I try to give you facts. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Does the combine still matter? Combine still matters. It will always matter. It never won't matter. I take it that the coaches aren't showing up. It's because the broadcast is so damn good. You know what? Go run another 40 in your suit. Oh, I plan to. Today's guests, legendary Hollywood producer Brian Grazer, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer, Falcons head coach Raheem Morris, and now... It's Rich Eisen. So, where were we yesterday? Um... Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Last we were talking, all the lights went out. If you're watching this program, listening to it, uh, watching it on the Roku channel, listening to it on this Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Affiliate, Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more, we were right in the middle of talking to Shea Serrano uh, in uh, the first segment of our third hour, and a manhole cover exploded right around the corner from here and knocked out the entire grid. Seriously, like the pinch from Ocean's Eleven just knocked out all of El Segundo, but unfortunately... Uh, we didn't uh, get our lights back on eight seconds later, like Ocean's Eleven. Um, long story short, we're here today, and we're very excited to be here today because we have an amazing guest list in our green room right now, getting ready to come out and talk about the documentary he, along with his partner Ron Howard and a host of others, uh, produced for Apple TV on the Patriots dynasty, the dynasty, the New England Patriots, is um, is none other than Brian Grazer and. All, all he's done, you want to talk about uh, resume, 43 Oscars, 193 Emmys uh, nominated. He's been not, his TV and films have been nominated wow. for 43 Oscars, 198 Emmys, and have grossed over 15 billion bucks. He is in our green room getting ready to talk about this outstanding documentary on the Patriots dynasty uh, on Apple TV for everybody to see right here on the Roku portal. Albert Breer is going to zoom in from the scouting combine where I'm headed right after this show is over. Uh, Indianapolis, so many newsmakers are talking today. The on-field drills start Thursday. The prospects start arriving right around now. The coaches who are there, the general managers who are there, Many of them are meeting with the media, and news is a-popping from Indianapolis. So Albert is a perfectly timed guest and one of the coaches who did make it to Indianapolis. Raheem Morris, the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, will join us in hour number three. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. Good to see you, hey, sir. Rich, what's up, brother? DJ Mikey D is indeed nuts. How are you, Mike Del Tufo? Good, Good to man. see you. TJ Jefferson, the candle is lit. Good to see you over Smells there, sir. Smells great, man. How you guys doing? Fantastic. We are Boom. great. So one of the newsmakers talking today – 
the general manager of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles, speaking today, and it is all about his decision-making process and everybody else in the Chicago Bears organization making the decision for everybody else to pay attention to because from that decision, the entire NFL talent evaluation, scouting combine, NFL draft pond will have a ripple effect. One of the most amazing narratives in this all-time great narrative-generating machine of the National Football League, where you can't make stuff up. One of the crazy narratives that kind of nobody saw coming, certainly at this point last year, is that we would see a rerun, a repeat, to use the TV phrase. That last year, the Bears were first overall on the clock, thanks to a gift from the Houston Texans winning their last game, giving the Bears the first overall pick, and we thought that that was um, a blessing in disguise. And it turned out to be a blessing in disguise for the Houston Texans because the Texans wound up picking second. They get C.J. Stroud, who winds up being one of the most incredible rookie quarterbacks we've ever seen. And the Chicago Bears decide to trade the pick and not Justin Fields. The entire Super Bowl in Phoenix, where the Kansas City Chiefs won, was about what are the Bears going to do with the first overall pick? Will they use it or will they trade Justin Fields? And at the end of the day, they traded the pick and kept Justin Fields. And now here we are again, where the Carolina Panthers, who traded up for that number one overall pick, and chose Bryce Young were so terrible that the Bears have the number one overall pick again and the Kansas City Chiefs have won the Super Bowl again. (laughs) It's a rerun. Except the difference between last year and this year is the decision isn't as easy. It's not as cut and dried because the quarterback group, let's put it in perspective, Last year, nobody saw C.J. Stroud's rookie season coming. Because if we had, the Chicago Bears would have swapped out Justin Fields for his successor. He would have succeeded Justin Fields at Ohio State and Chicago. But nobody could see that coming. The evaluation wasn't there. So this year, though, This year, Caleb Williams is the clear-cut number one overall pick. Clear-cut. We were even seeing that last year because he was, at this point last year, the Heisman Trophy winner. And the conversation was, if Caleb Williams was in last year's draft, would he be number one overall over Bryce Young, over C.J. Stroud, over Anthony Richardson? And I think overall, the answer would have been yeah. Yeah, because he looked a hell of a like Patrick Mahomes too then. So unbelievably, Ryan Poles is right back in the same position as last year. First overall pick in his hand, people calling his cell phone nonstop, I imagine, for that first overall pick. And last year, 
it was, I think, in the Bears' mind, cut and dried that Justin Fields was their choice to stay rather than use the pick on, at the time, everybody thought Bryce Young. This year, totally different story. Can't make it up. Unbelievable. Ryan Poles today, back at the Combine, asked again about what are you going to do with your first overall pick? Are you going to use it? Are you going to trade it and keep Justin Fields? Or are you going to use it and trade Justin Fields? And this time around, the answers are definitely different. It sounds like the guy is 100% considering keeping it and using it. He was asked flat out about trading Justin Fields. And last year, his answer was, well, I don't know. This year, it sounds like, well, this is, he was asked flat out about the process about Justin Fields being traded. And here was his answer. What is your, if you decide to draft a quarterback, what is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a premium on that? Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Did you, did you talk to him? I know he made those comments last week about kind of living in limbo on this. Have you had conversations with him about where you guys are at right now in that process? Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments. Um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out. Um, and that will continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him. Um, but again, like I told him, and he understands, I think he said it the other day too, it's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation. So, uh, But yeah, I'll continue that communication. It was a unique situation last year too, but this one's really unique. This one's involving a unicorn. And in terms of the whole comparison between Caleb Williams and Patrick Mahomes, if there's anybody who would know if there's any there there, It would be, wouldn't you think, the Kansas City Chiefs director of college scouting when Mahomes was chosen out of Texas Tech by the Chiefs for them to trade up to go get him, right? Wouldn't you think so? That guy's name, Ryan Poles. Hey. Who then became the assistant director of player personnel and then the executive director of player personnel. And that's when the Bears went and made him their general manager. So he was asked point blank about the comparisons between Caleb Williams, and Patrick Mahomes. In terms of your quarterback evaluation when you were in Kansas City, Cliff Kingsbury said that, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams are eerily similar. When you watch the tape, do you see that? There's pieces. There's pieces that are similar. Uh, Obviously, the one that stands out to everyone is just different arm angles. Um, That's a unique trait. Not a lot of guys um, can do that. Uh, I'll give Jeff King, um, who's on my team, credit. He, He painted a picture of you know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. Um, so within that group, you can kind of see who's the artist create that's really creative, um, doesn't draw within the lines, 
where there's more of surgeons who are, you know, like your typical, like the Brady's and Peyton. So um, you kind of branch them out on those buckets and go from there. So that's where they're, they're similar. Is there a percentage you prefer with artists and surgeons? No. Winners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, I, I will say this. That's great. I will say this. I think I'd want every surgeon in my life to be a winner. <laughs> yes. Perfect score. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. <laughs> it's not horseshoes and hand grenades when you got a scalpel coming in my direction. All right. Listen. <laughs> he went to the head he's of the trying class. to go. He's just trying. It's some pieces like the entire body of work. <laughs> then there's the last issue. Does Caleb even want to come there? Oh. Has Poles even gotten a hiff of a, swin, a sniff of an area code being broached by Williams's camp saying, eh, we're going full Eli on you. We, 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 we don't believe in the Bears and their, your ability to uh, develop a quarterback. Look, uh, look at Justin Fields, for instance, 39 games, and we're wondering if he's good enough or not. You're ready to pull the ripcord on him after 39 games for my kid. I don't know. Here's the answer to that question. Do you have any concern at all that Caleb Williams or the team around him don't want to play in Chicago? No, no. No concerns about that at all. I, I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin were to stay here as well. Bottom line is he'd be like, if he wasn't interested in Caleb Williams and interested in using the first overall pick, he'd be like, Chicago's an incredible place to play, and um, any player that we choose first overall would want to play here. Now, listen, they're going for Caleb. I smell it. I feel it. I sense it. He's coming to Chicago, and all I would say to Caleb Williams, you you would be dining out forever. Just, I mean, honestly, he, he's got to have access to Michael Jordan, don't you think? Just talk to him. <laughs> talk to him. Talk to the punky QB. Talk to anybody that's performed well in Chicago. The punky QB. Seriously. Ask, man. Yeah. When I hit the, guy the field, with, that guy no plan. Yeah. <laughs> the guy with the Roselle headband. Right. Ask him. Punky QB. <laughs> Super Come, on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come uh, on. I can you. feel it. Honestly. They are, any Bears fan, just, they are waiting. They are waiting to crown his ass to use the vernacular of the day and the sport. It sounds, I, I, I don't, maybe maybe we'll do this in a future show, uh, but I'd love to hear the soundbite of Ryan Poles ask the same question at last year's combine. It's a different tenor to the conversation. And it sounds like they're going to make a move fast. New league year starts March 13th. March 11th is when you can start chit-chatting with other people's free agents. And before all that, like, say, this week, is where you can come up with a framework of a deal. 15 days. And a spot where Justin Fields might go is Atlanta, and their head coach joins us in hour three. He can't talk about it because, you know, Justin Fields is on the um, the Bears, which is the whole comp point of this conversation. But I don't have it written down. I don't need to read That'd down. be great if you're like, wait, just a wait reminder. A uh, I mean, Fields, I'm hearing about notes Bears. and how your people lean on notes these days and how that's a, a negative. 
Listen, <laughs> this kid's the real effing deal. Ooh. And I think the Bears are going to make him a Chicago Bear. And Justin Fields does, does deserve to get an answer. Lickety split. Let's take a break. Brian Grazer is coming out of our green room. Yeah, man. An absolute legend in this town. And he is an executive producer on a documentary that is outstanding on the New England Patriots dynasty. It's called The Dynasty. And he is going to talk about this fabulous documentary that you could see on this Roku portal on Apple TV every single Friday. Two new episodes, four are already out. We're going to talk about it next right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Brian Grazer is here on the Rich Eisen Show, and I'm, I apologize. I, I blame Wikipedia. I shorted you some Oscar and Emmy nominations. 47 Oscar nominations, two, 228 Emmy nominations of your illustrious producing career, and the dynasty, the New England Patriots, is dynamite, sir. Wow, Just thank you so much. Outstanding. I'm learning a lot. My my son uh, is 13 years old. He's a, he's a diehard Patriot fan. It's, it's like a, his, a history lesson for him on kind all of. of this. How did you get involved in well, this? Well, here, here's how it worked. Um, I mean, I, I peripherally know something about football. Mm -hmm. um, having produced uh, the movie and television show Friday Night Lights. Mm -hmm. But NFL was something that I had, a world that I hadn't fully entered, other than just through my two boys. One boy loves the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. The other boy loves the Patriots. 
So I would find my way into rooting for those teams when they were playing. At the same time, in 2012, I knew uh, Bob Kraft, got to know Bob Kraft, just as a, fr- as a friend. No business, no anything, just buddies. Yep. And um, he'd asked me for years, do I want to come to a game? Very flattered, very generous of him, but I just never went. Um, you know, cause, and, and then eventually I went to, it had to be like six or seven years later, I went to a, a Patriots game. And was with Bob on the field and then in the tunnel. They had just won. Mm-hmm. And I got into the, you know, I was in the I was in the locker room. Belichick doesn't speak, even when they win, really. <laughs> quite stoic. Um Bob is great owner, polite. Mm-hmm. Um and what happened is immediately Tom Brady went into a prayer. And uh, everyone got down on one knee, all of his brothers, all of his teammates Mm -hmm. got down on one knee and they prayed. And it was really moving to me that he got that they all were unified in this prayer. And I felt like that was a a competitive advantage of this by this team. Mm -hmm. that They not only had the skill and talent, but they also had a unifying brotherhood where they would live and die for each other. And I just felt like what he was what Tom Brady was able to do was elevate their feelings and place uh spirit uh in a quite in a transcendent way. And I just thought that really moved me and I I I went again uh to another game, it brought me to tears the second time. And I just thought he was a tremendous leader and uh I was moved by it, and then the book came out, Dynasty. Kraft brought it to my attention. I read it, and all of those things in conjunction with one another, the events in the locker room, et cetera, I thought, I said to Bob, I'd love to be able to produce this and turn it into a big 10-part docuseries. And he said, listen, if you really, you know, if it's something you'll personally do uh, and take responsibility for, uh, I'll do it with you. And so were you... Working in conjunction with Bob Kraft to get Brady sat down and Belichick sat down. And, yes. And I mean, the the wow. number of people, when folks see this documentary for the first time, I'm sure they'll have the same sensation I had. It's just, whoa, okay, you got everybody to sit down and yes. talk. Largely because of Bob Kraft. Okay. Um, I'd known Roger Goodell for quite a while. And you even got him sitting down, too. Even We even got Roger Goodell Talking sitting. Spygate, which was I know, something. Very unusual. Yeah. Um, but he was along. He was part of it and said, listen, all these events happened. Everybody wanted to tell the truth. Okay. And the truth, there was Spygate. There's Deflate. There's a lot of different things. It wasn't a straight-up trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, and these games are like battle zones, and they're also quite unpredictable. And so I think that's what makes this series so engaging. Mm-hmm. You definitely learn about the NFL. Mm-hmm. You definitely learn about how hard it is to win. Mm-hmm. You definitely feel the pain of losing and the shame of embarrassment when certain events came to pass, as you brought up. Yeah. And and <laughs> one of the most successful runs in the history of the NFL. And, you're, so. and, and that's the part about it that, that you're talking about, the losing. I mean, what the, 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 
the part where um, where they they lose the Super Bowl when they entered it undefeated. I know is it's gutting, and I was there. You were, <laughs> yeah, I was there. As a matter of fact, I, I paused the shot of Plexico Burris catching the touchdown because I was right in that end zone. I saw Deion Sanders there. I, he was hiding me. Nice. Damn it. <laughs> if I'd known that, that that shot would be one day, I'd be standing right there. But no, the reason why I bring it up is not to point that out, well, but to point out that, that, that there's, you're, that's the beauty of it in the sport is they're the winningest franchise over a 20-year period, and the losses are just as gutting for them as the as those wins were. Well, sure, yes. You know, and it's yeah. so well done. It's really superbly told. Well, thank you. A lot of it is due to the people... Also, the, uh, we work together, mm-hmm. the director, Matt Hemacek, and, of course, Justin Wilkes, who's my partner and mm-hmm. is a superb documentary filmmaker. So, um, and always loved uh, Ron Howard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I want to talk about that, uh, him as well, in a second. Brian Grazer here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, technically, you've worked with Tom Hanks and Tom Brady. The, the, you've, you've got that... <laughs> You know, and Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise, that's right. <laughs> yeah. okay, let's, let's not forget that, Tom, as well. There's some Toms. Yeah, yes. I know. You know, and so, uh, all right, let's 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 jump into your relationship with Ron Howard. Where did you first meet Ron Howard? I met um, him on the Paramount lot uh, uh, weeks after I got in trouble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I had this discipline at the time where I would, I would make a point to meet a new person it was principally making a difference in the media business, mm-hmm. movies or television, every single day. So I looked at my window. I was on the third floor of the director's building right above Robert Evans um, on the lot. And I saw Ron Howard. I thought, wow, there's Richie Cunningham right there. <laughs> I'm going to yell out the window. I open my window. I yell out the window. I go, Ron, Ron Howard, like that, and start waving. Ron very shy, mm-hmm. ran from me, like ran around the, the soundstage. And I guess we went to his office. I called his office an hour later just to say, hey, I was the guy that reached the yelled out a run, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm on the lot too. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a television producer on the lot. I know what he, I of course know who Ron Howard is. Can we meet? That was to his assistant that worked with him for 35 years, Louisa Velez. So we meet that day in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. and he just had this aura about him that made me feel like not only is he a good person, but he will win at things he tries to do. He just had this glow and uh, gravitational force where I thought he was going to win at things that he tried to do. And he was one to be uh, a a mainstream uh, movie director, theatrical movie director, and ultimately became a master by winning a couple of Oscars. No doubt about that. And was Night Shift the first Night Shift thing was our first movie, together? released We're, in 1982. Um, we've had Henry Winkler here talking about it. And, and oh yeah. by the way, one of the sweetest people on planet Earth. Yes, for sure. And he, he was talking about how, how there was a process to cast Michael Keaton yeah. in that. What are you, what's your recollection? Of, well, my, of that? I know what my recollection was. Um, uh, we just read everybody. Mm-hmm. And Michael Keaton came in unknown. He was relatively unknown. And he acted out the scenes in a way that that we just said, that has to be our guy, even though he's unknown. Many stars wanted to be in it. But we didn't, Ron and I just didn't think they were right. That, that we didn't... We just didn't have, we were not in alignment with the vision of 
these stars said yes. Mm -hmm. But Michael Keaton was raw, very spontaneous, um, seemingly like just uh, just from the cuff. And I remember he anyway. I remember all the scenes he put, uh, mm -hmm. acted out, and uh, then we put him with Henry Winkler, and it was a match. Well, do, do you recall which one he he nailed? Where you're like, that's the, one the end. He of it? nailed was when he goes. He pretends he's shooting a basketball. Mm -hmm. He goes through the hoop. It's all everybody's. You know, everybody's cheering. It's in. You mm -hmm. know that this whole thing yeah. of of shooting a basket through a hoop and some final match. You know that he has, he invents. And then mayonnaise to tuna, he did this scene where he says, you gotta, I've got an idea. You gotta feed mayonnaise to tuna. <laughs> and that was, you know, he had all these harebrained ideas. Sold, yeah. pretty much. Uh, yeah. is, there, is there a screen test that you were involved with in your career that leaps out at you the most? That was wow. the win for you, whether it was discovering somebody or it made the movie or anything like that. We had to do many, many screen tests on Tom Hanks uh, because uh, he also wasn't a star. For this Splash? This, was this is one? for Splash. Okay. And um, so I think the screen test that he had to do with Daryl Hannah. So we Tom had to do many screen tests for himself. Daryl Hannah, wh who I just felt like had to be the mermaid, had to do... Um, a film screen test, a video screen test, a screen test with Tom. The studio over and over said, again said, and this was uh, prior to, of course, Bob Iger getting there. Uh, it was um, the son-in-law of Walt Disney, Ron mm -hmm. Miller. He said, there's no evidence that she can act at all. I go, you don't understand. She doesn't have to act. She just has to be fragile. Right. And she has to be compelling, yes. which she was. Because she had these eyes. This, well, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember Splash. Yep. I remember yeah, so, her. So, yeah. again, you were just pulled into her. Yeah. And uh, But you, still, you had a screen test Tom Hanks, though? He, he we had, had a screen test Tom Hanks, too. For both. Both of them we had to. Is it true John Candy was hungover for the racquetball scene? Yes. For, for real? For real. He stayed out with Jack Nicholson until, like, 4 or 5 in the morning. And then he went right to work. He was, John Candy was had a lot of endurance. I mean, really a lot of endurance. When when before we hired before John Candy would say yes mm -hmm. to that role because he was the most famous of of all of them, no doubt. He said the only way I do this if I is if I meet Brian, you know, meet me mm -hmm. and see if there's chemistry. And so I went to a Mexican restaurant right across the street from uh, Warner Brothers. And he had 17 small rum and Cokes. <laughs> but he he drank them, like, just one after the next. And he just lit up and was fun. And But it wasn't, it never got sloppy. He just mm -hmm. kept going. The night with Nicholson, I think he overdid it. You know? <laughs> um, so he, like, literally ran into the ball that hit him in the head. That was that was real. That was real. We you know we anticipated we we thought first our, we knew we'd have to shoot it in two shots, right? Sure. But we didn't have to because the minute he hit that ball, it hit him right in the head. He couldn't get out of the way of it. <laughs> so we, it was all, was all one over. shot. <laughs> yeah. Lucky it didn't hit him in the eye. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
That was a fun movie. Be, uh, I, I mean, made a lot of movies that, I, that were fun for me, actually. Yeah. What, what, name me a, another one. I really me. loved making American Gangster, mm -hmm. um, just because I liked that world. I loved uh, that era, and I like gangster movies mm -hmm. with Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe, and Denzel Washington. Um, I had a lot of fun making, uh, producing Blue Crush on the North Shore of Oahu. Mm -hmm. In fact, the day I got there, I bought a house on the North Shore because I loved it so much. Um, and A Beautiful Mind was such a great result. Um, I learned a lot from Apollo 13. I still do some of the lessons because we set up a an astronaut training school for, for Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, and Bill Paxton, and uh, Gary Sinise. And they taught us a lot of practical things. Um, take naps every day. Mm -hmm. And I think Tom Hanks still takes a nap every day. I know I do. After lunch, 15, 20 minutes max. Um, so we do things. We learned a lot that we took later in life. Well, it's funny. We've had both Kevin Bacon and Gary Sinise here on this show talking about going through their training for Apollo 13. Oh, my God. Neither of them mentioned a nap. They both talked about vomiting. That they did. Well, they did. They vomited. Yeah, <laughs> That's what they talked about more than the rigorous yeah. nature of their training for yeah. that movie. They talked about well, because that. Because in order to achieve, I'm sure they told you, in order to achieve zero gravity, you get about 27, 27 seconds of zero gravity per parabolus. Now, you have to do 50 parabolas because they're doing science experiments at the back of the plane. Right. So they won't allow you to regulate how many you do. You must do 50, I think, or 100. And uh, these guys were trapped on the on this jet, this rocket, uh, doing that. A jet, rather. And um, because all you were able to capture is 17 seconds of the 27 seconds. So, yeah, they both, everybody got sick. I mean, that that's a remote drop movie for me. Doesn't matter uh, where I am, what I have to do. If I see Apollo 13 come on, I got to drop the remote. It is an outstanding, beautiful, well-crafted, acted, produced, obviously, movie. Well, it's thank awesome, you. Brian. Thank Razor. you. It really yeah, is. Ron did an amazing job. He created the architecture that gave you the narrative architecture that got you so involved and cut those cutaways. I think he kind of came up with a new paradigm of, of how to create suspense in an environment that is so singular like that. There's one television show that I've seen of yours. Um, well, I've seen many, but one television show where I would call a friend of mine, a buddy of mine at the end and say, are you crying? And he'd say, yeah, I'm crying. Are you crying? I'm like, yeah, it's Friday night lights. Oh, wow. Friday Thank night you. lights. We would, we would call each other up and just like sheepishly admit we're crying over this <laughs> stuff. And, and, and the movie is fantastic. I mean, yeah. the movie is yeah. wonderful. The television show yeah. is one of the the greatest TV shows of all. It gutted me that wow. they stopped making it. Wow. That were they, uh, I mean, yeah. what 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 happened uh, on um, that show? It didn't get high enough ratings for a network television show. Had it been today and on a streamer, it would have lasted forever. I think so, too. I right? mean, it birthed a lot of Taylor Kitsch, Michael B. Jordan. It birthed a lot of great actors. and um, But more importantly, it was really involving, as you point out. I love that it spoke to you like that it did um, and it speaks to kids still today they they like that internal drama of what it's you know just of what it's the loneliness that you face as a kid growing up and being in high school and um and the cliff you fall off if you're on the top of it yes like booby miles and you're 
winning at everything and you get injured and all of a sudden you're no longer a rock star at school and it just uh is uh it's it's a lot of those things and you know to me the the beauty of that was the the relationship between coach and wife coach and daughter yeah those were those were the the relationships yes. of that show that was kind of the moral center yeah. the rock of friday night lights how did you how did you cast the role of uh of your coach he's a dynamite actor well honestly look i love him uh a lot of it is um peter berg right, who peter. directed the pilot yes who's a big sports guy I'm, i don't know if he's been on your show oh yes multiple oh. times yeah he's tremendous he's really gifted um, I'm going to make another movie with him right now, in fact. Um, a lot of it was him. Kyle Chandler was just perfect. Yeah. He's... Women liked him and men wanted to be him. That's a great one. Yeah. I, I've got Brian Grazer here uh, on the uh, the Rich Eisen show talking about your, your illustrious, amazing career. Um, so... I, I guess so. The the the, uh, the screen test you said that stands out is is the one with Tom Hanks. Um, what what other what other movies of yours are you genuinely pleased about when you look at the trophies in the case or the of the, of the or, or the posters on the wall or anything like that? Well, there's certain Brian? people I just loved working with okay. where I was in awe. Um, I always love working with Tom Hanks. He's a professional and he always over delivers. Um, I definitely like working with Eddie Murphy. I've made six movies with him. He's kind of a savant genius. He reads the script one time, and six months later, he just is able to act it without ever revisiting the script because he's processed it. Um, you made movies with Arnie, who's been sitting here? Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. yes. And I'm going to expect to make another one about his miniature donkey and pony... <laughs> It's called Whiskey and Lulu. And it, so... Is this a, uh, an animated... No, it's uh, a feature no. movie with Whiskey <laughs> and Lulu. Because Arnold, if you go to Arnold's house, he's feeding these uh, th these two pets out of his mouth. I mean, like, literally, <laughs> this guy that has wanted everything. Like, literally everything. Yes. And very, man, you know, muscular man stuff. Um, and, of course, Governor, he... He's this. these guys don't talk back. They just love me, you know. Like yeah, but uh, but he'd be better to talk about it than I. It's a, those are his animals. He makes the oatmeal cookies for them. He makes the the yeah. He makes uh, cooks for them. He has the birthday parties where he puts on a birthday hat. Has a little birthday for Lulu. You know, it's that's the game. Oh, fantastic! I mean, I could go <laughs> and on. He's really fun. He's really t extremely talented. Works very hard, and um, he's fun to be with. He's playful. Yeah, uh, I, I fully agree. When he came here, he refused to sit in the chair in which you're sitting. He called it a baby chair, and he went over to my colleague, Chris Brockman, took his chair and removed the chair. He's the only individual who's ever rearranged we furniture while appearing on this show. Oh, my God. He's never, I, it was truly great. Yeah, was uh, all right, before I, before I let you go, um, a, a couple other questions. Um, did you ever get concerned about during the making of 24 Brian Grazer mm. that Jack Bauer never had to go to the bathroom, never had a meal and <laughs> always had cell reception? Did that ever strike you in sure. any way, shape or form? It definitely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he never does any of those things. So 
there was never a scene where he's like, I gotta, like, he's <coughs> chasing me. the bad guy, yeah. you know, the, the nuclear bombs never going off. Never goes to the he's bathroom, like, never gets tired. That's what gets punched, gets back up. He's very durable. <laughs> he can do it all. Yeah. That's... I, plan to, I plan on doing something else with... Uh... With Kiefer? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Yeah, he's now, tremendous. Uh, and then there's one last show uh, yes. that you were a part of uh -oh. um, that unfortunately did not last very long. Mm. Um, it was uh, on uh, TNT. It was an outstanding show, if I may say so myself, because it was my one lone foray figured, yes. into... Reality television game hosting called The Great Escape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good show. I actually. thought so, too. A great title, good show. Yeah, great host, if you don't mind me saying. Outstanding performance. Title. Thank you so much. I mean, I, we should have started with that. There I am, looking very mysterious oh, in yeah. Alcatraz prison. Yeah. What do you think? Definitely curious about you. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great shot. What is he think? What's Rich thinking? Uh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm yeah. thinking, when am I going to sleep? It was four in the morning when uh, I took this photograph in, uh, in Alcatraz prison. Wow, but, you look sharp, though. Thank you. You look good. I still have the coat, which is great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wished I was... It was an incredible show. Thank you. We, yeah, we went to, yeah. we went to was, so, so many different places. It was too places. good to air. That was, <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> Other com competitors, everybody, we got calls. Every don't air this. It's too good. It makes us look bad. <laughs> Man, I thought it was going to go on forever. But yeah. um, listen, uh, and I could with you. And I appreciate you coming in here and recounting your 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 history, your filmography. We barely scratched the surface. I cannot uh, recommend your documentary on the Patriots Enough. It is amazing. It Thank is stupendous. You. And I can't wait to see how you tell the rest of this story. It's, oh, you, you haven't gotten to the end. Well, I mean, they haven't released it yet. Oh, okay. Got it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just like everyone else. So I'm watching two every Friday night. To my office or somebody, hey, give me the rest of the, you know. You I mean, I'll take them. Okay. <laughs> you don't play that game. I kind of know how the story ends. No, you know what I mean? It's really great to watch. Right. <laughs> is there anything you want to preview? Brady, no, get, get no, no, okay. No, no. Brady gets really emotional, I imagine, towards the end of it when yeah, it's all over. You have to see it. Okay. Yeah, it's got everything. It's got everything you're going to want to see. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and stuff that I've never seen before, which is the beauty of this series. Thanks again for coming on. Anytime you have anything you want to come and promote, the chair is yours. Truly Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Brian Grazer is here. You can follow him on Instagram at Brian Grazer. The Dynasty, the New England Patriots, two episodes every single Friday night on Apple TV, which you can get right here on Roku. We're back in a moment on The Rich Eisen Show. Wow, that went fast. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Can you tell me the story, the famous story of you noticing John Candy in the crowd before, oh. <laughs> before that two-minute drill with the, the Bengals? Harris Parton was a, a people person, so yes. we were free for dinner during the week, but you know, practice and meetings and then come back after dinner and more meetings. So when he would come back from dinner, he was like a little kid. He could not wait to tell you about all the celebrities he saw while he was at dinner. <laughs> and so I had, we were just standing there, and between the tight end and um, his shoulder was uh, frame John Candy. And In so the crowd. It, he was on the sideline. Oh, he's on the sideline. And so I was, and I sat there, and I, I looked and I go, dang, I don't remember Harris saying you saw John Candy. <laughs> this is so, what you're thinking in the Super Bowl with minutes to go and needing to, to drive yeah, down the field. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so I walked over and said, hey, age, man, there's, there's John Candy. <laughs> and he, Harris stood like this for eight minutes, per, perfectly still. He was a little bit anal that way. He would not move. He was like little. I didn't do it to unwind him. I just thought he would appreciate seeing John Candy. <laughs> since he, <laughs> Did you ever meet Candy or that was the only time? Yeah, no, I had met John a few years before that. Um, my contract was up. Okay. And he was, you know, one of the owners of the Toronto Argonauts. Okay. He was trying to get me to go to Canada. Come on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, they just didn't have enough money. <laughs> <laughs> but if the price was right, you'd, you'd, I might you'd have had been, a, Yeah, I might have been wearing an Argonaut. You you could, have, yeah, you'd have a 55-yard line. You'd be like, I'll do that. So he legitimately said, you know, hey. You know, yeah, we had a couple meetings about yeah. You did. So this yeah. is real. Like, it wasn't oh, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, a, no. oh, by the way. No, 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 no. <laughs> wow, I love that. Fun stuff. Great John Candy story again, now just from Brian Grazer moments ago. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Great pop culture chat with Brian Grazer right there. Yeah, that was awesome. So, news of popping. People are talking at the Combine. And earlier this day, fresh sound bites regarding Chris Brockman's favorite subject matter. I mean, he just loves it. It's like waving a red flag in front of a bull. <laughs> subject matter of Daniel Jones, New York Giants quarterback. Joe right. Shane, being right. Joe Shane. Well, you weren't right on that day. Minnesota Vikings fans would have loved for you to have been right. The uh, wild card game a couple of postseasons ago, when he showed up like Colin Kaepernick 2.0 and just crushed him. And that's why the Giants are still hanging there. I, it looks like still hanging their hopes on that guy could one, come back. Game out of 40? He didn't show up this year. <laughs> That's for sure. I guess in the second half in Arizona, when they were down, staring a, a winless yeah, start true. in the face. I take no pleasure in being right. That about guy, this, he showed up way. that day. Just saying, I want him to do well. Do you really? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Joe Shane, general manager of the Giants. Last we saw him, he uh, of him, he and uh, Dable were sitting next to each other in the exit interview, and he's just like, "Yeah, we believe in him." And it appears 
that belief is not shaken at all. Not even stirred. It's not like a like not like a bond martini at all. Not shaken, not stirred. As a matter of fact, it seems like Daniel Jones is is getting back sooner than than people think. Maybe healthier, coming back from a blown out knee and a neck injury. Here's Joe Shane, general manager, today on the quarterback of the Giants. Yeah, so he actually started throwing. Yeah, Jordan, he actually started throwing. He's been throwing for about two weeks stationary now. He's not dropping back or doing any of that stuff. So he is on track. He's doing everything he can to get back. We're, we're optimistic about where he is. And there's some talk in the spring that he may be able to go through, whether it's seven-on-seven seven or individual throwing routes on air, that he'll be able to do some of that stuff. We probably won't expose him to team activities, but every patient responds differently to surgery. So, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had any setbacks. He hasn't had any setbacks. And if he continues on that pace, he, he should be ready for the start of training camp. I have faith in Daniel. I have faith in Daniel as our starting quarterback. There you go. I have faith in Daniel. Someone's like, as a starting quarterback? Yeah, as a starting quarterback. What, what, what else? As a, as a human? Got faith in him as a human? Good driver. Orders well at restaurants. At the, as the 53rd Listen, man. Listen, Giants fans. Yeah. Holding a clipboard. The only oh. way that Daniel Jones won't be the quarterback now or in their plans as the future is if Jaden Daniels drops to them at sixth overall and places that conundrum right in their laps in the middle of a Thursday night in Detroit. I believe. That'll make for good TV. That would be a surprise to me if they trade up. That'd be a shock. Certainly since contractually him coming back, they play it out and they see how it goes. Certainly if the Mara Tish ownership group is not placing any undue pressure on both of these guys. So. Sorry, Chris. Well, I, I, I'm sorry for Giants fans. Sorry, folks. Because they're not going to win much. Question was uh, about Saquon Barkley and uh, if their value of Barkley has changed because the word is they're not going to franchise tag him. And this is what Joe, Joe Shane had to say about the value of Saquon if it's changed in the mind's eye of the Giants. I'd say his value has, has changed, especially to the organization. Like, he's, he's a captain, he's a leader, he's a hard worker. I, I think the world of, of Saquon, and I still think he can play. So my value for Saquon really hasn't changed. Unfortunately, throughout the process, starting back in November of 2022, we weren't able to come to an agreement in terms of where we both thought a deal made sense. So... We'll circle back again. He has a new agent, uh, Ed Berry, who we have a really good relationship with, with CAA, really good guy, and does a great job. So look forward to sitting down and having conversations with him. I think we've all grown, Saquon, myself, the organization, through the last 12, 13, 14 months. And Saquon may be in a different place now than he was then in terms of understanding the market and the business side of it. And I'm looking forward to having those conversations with him. (laughs) I don't know if Saquon, again, I shouldn't speak for the guy. I only just saw him and gave him a like head nod, what's up, I think on the red carpet at uh, yeah. uh, um, NFL Honors Night. I nice. think that's where I saw him in Vegas. Um, listen, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think his uh, concept of his value in the marketplace has changed or his read of the room is going to be uh, a hometown discount. And if, there's, if he's not franchise tag... You know the first if uh, the first team that should test whether Saquon's view of the market has changed is, I, but they're over the cap right now. These things can change. 
if I'm Jim Harbaugh yep. and I'm the Los Angeles Chargers, the first thing I do is <laughs> yeah. I go and get this kid and sit his ass in the same building as Justin Herbert and the Rams and go, it's not just the coach who's in town, it's Saquon. And if Greg Roman was saying, could you imagine what Justin Herbert looks like with a great running game? That's the great running game. And you go to work and you tell everybody the Chargers have arrived in the American Football Conference Western Division in a way that we haven't seen in a while. That's my two cents on that subject matter. And then a fifth overall, you take Joe Alt and away we go. And away we go. But they're capped right now. They're, yeah. So they got to make some moves, but that would be the way I would test. And what do you think? Do you think Saquon would go? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to take the market value that I had last year because I want to, I want to stay with the giants and give them less. Unless Joe Shane has a better read on the, the, um, the running back market than I have. And last year he was spot on, man. I just don't understand how, again, they look at Saquon and he talks about him in glowing terms mm-hmm. as as well as should. But he wants McCaffrey money and they won't give it to him? Why not? The salary cap just went up by uh, a gajillion dollars. 30 mil. Take that 30 mil well, and I mean, give it to Saquon. Well, I'm not saying all of it. I'm sure that that cap money, that extra cap money, will help them with many other players that they, they thought they would have to really try you know work hard to find the the space to resign i, I don't i'm oversimplifying it when i'm just saying sure, well you sure. got more cap money give it to saquon all i'm saying is that if you are sitting here going eh, let's see if saquon after the last 13 months has a better read of the room uh if, if you're associating the market value that you have in your mind and ascribing that to saquon in his thought process, they, they might have another thing coming, and that other thing coming might come from Los Angeles. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.